Have you thought about starting your own podcast? Well, if you have, then you want to download Anchor. It's the easiest way that you can make a podcast. They give you everything you need in one place, and it's absolutely for free. You can use it right from your phone or your computer. They have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast so it sounds great. They'll even distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere, like on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and others. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So if you were thinking of starting your own podcast, you want to download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. How we doing? This is Rob Foster with RBF Fitness and Nutrition. People upgrade their iPhones, they upgrade their Androids, they upgrade their laptops, but yeah. they're operating with the same brain that they operated with for the last decade. You should know the value that you bring to the marketplace. You know what your passion is. You know why you do what you do. So racism, it's out there, but it doesn't have to stop you. Just because somebody might look at you a certain way, that doesn't have to stop your forward progress. Where you have to eliminate the excuses. You gotta make that game plan say, for me to get to that point. Good morning, everyone. So this is another Sunday. It's another episode of Shut Up and Grind with your host, yours truly, Robert B. Foster, coming at you today with a red tank top. See, because I got to do laundry. So, you know, the black ones are in the wash. So I had to come at you with the red today. So speaking of apparel, you know, we have the grind gear. So we got your hoodies, we got long sleeve, short sleeve, we have tank tops, we have face masks, all kinds of good stuff. All of those proceeds go to help the show uh, grow. And we also accepting donations, shutupandgrind.me slash support. Whatever you can give, whatever's on your heart will help the show grow and to take our message global. So if you are new to the show, so we keep it motivational, educational, entertaining, and transformational. So the premise of the show is we talk about overcoming obstacles. We want to know what people had to go through to get the success that they have now. And I'm proud to say that this show is being listened to in 16 different countries. Now, granted, the majority is here in the U.S., but it's still is 16 different countries. And I've had guests from all over, from Australia to South Africa to the U.K., Ireland, Mexico, Canada, you know, in the U.S. So things are things are growing. And that just shows that there is a need for for people to just know how to overcome obstacles because it's a global thing doesn't matter where you live in this world what language you speak what gender you are what you identify with what race you are none of that stuff matters at some point you're going to encounter something where you're going to have to just put your head down and plow through so that's what we discuss here on this show and so i have someone 
who is going to help me with this conversation. So she is a keynote speaker. She's a best-selling author. She has the mantra, what you do matters with do in capital letters. So, and it is her desire to help each of us recognize that it's the little things that we do each day that have the biggest impact on the world around us. And that in itself shows that she's a perfect fit for this show because I'm constantly talking about the little things. So welcome to the show, Simone Canego. And I missed the button. There we Yay. go. <laughs> Thanks so much for having me here today. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for taking the time to join us. So Absolutely. how are you feeling today? I'm feeling great. It's a uh, Sunday morning and... That means I have a whole nother day until Monday starts. So yay. <laughs> <laughs> so yay. And uh, where, where were you from? Sarasota, Florida. Oh, okay. My brother's in Sarasota. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah I'm actually, it's a small world. Yeah. I'm actually hmm. heading down that way in a, probably, probably in May because he and his wife just, just adopted a baby girl. So gotta get down there to see my niece. So it's good stuff. But yeah, very, very small world. All right, so 60 seconds or less. Who is Simone? I am a mom of six children. I've been married to my husband for almost 28 years. I'm nice. turning 49 on Tuesday. Okay. And I've done a lot of things in my life trying to figure out what I wanted, who, not who someone else wanted me to be, but who I wanted to be. I started off in accounting. I went to school and got a master's in accounting at, from the University of Florida, I became a CPA, and but really never felt like I was doing what I was meant to do and what I wanted to do. And so I finally figured it out because what I love is being a storyteller because I think our stories are what connect us. Our stories are what define us. And to me, it's so important to be able to share my stories, my struggles, my the good, the bad, the ugly, the sad, all of it, so that if I can help one person, impact one person, then I've done my job. Did you stalk me? No, I didn't stalk you. Because you Did you stalk said, me? You just said everything that's on my website. No. <laughs> no. No, this is this is my this is my life. This is this is how I this is how I talk about things. This is what's really important to me. So that's great. Maybe we can yeah. just share a website and save some money. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, no. No, it's funny like on my my Facebook business page it says Robert B Foster the storytelling coach. Ah, that's so funny. Okay, yeah. No, yeah. if you and in the back of my book, everyone has a story. That's that's yep. really like what I talk about is that everyone has a story. We just need to realize how those stories impact the people around us and and believe in ourselves. Yes. And so for the people listening, you know, I don't pre-screen the guests that come on because I want the conversations to be raw and authentic. And I had no idea that Simone and I were in the same exact space. <laughs> so like, I didn't know this coming in because I help people craft their personal stories. So they take whatever, whatever they've gone through and I show them how to, I show them like, as it says above us here, your true power lies in your yeah. story. You know, so yeah. that's, I help people understand that just because they've gone through something like that doesn't make them weak. Like that situation actually empowers you. And I help them step into that power. Absolutely. I think that everything we go through, um, whatever failures we have, that just drives us to the next level. And, you know, failures and mistakes don't stop us. We learn from them and, and we just push harder. Yeah, exactly. And 
you know, the world, the, the word failure is so strong to some mm-hmm. people. And like I always say, I have stuff I'm great at and stuff I'm working on being great at. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's like a lot of it is just all all in the mindset. It's just, yeah. you know, it's, it's how you think of things. So back to you. Okay. So when you were growing up, like what was your dream job? Ah, someone asked me this the other day and I, and I always laugh because my, I, I wanted to be an actor. I wanted to be an actress. Like that was, yes. you know, that was absolutely what I wanted to do. And, um, my parents basically said, no, <laughs> when, <laughs> while you live under this roof, you need to do something that you can actually, you know, move forward with in society. And, you know, I, I don't, I don't do things the same way with my kids. Like I definitely want them to, again, we've got one life, right? Follow what yeah. you're passionate about. Understand yeah. that it may change 20, 30 times during your life and that's okay. Um, but I do think that you should, you know, be passionate about what you do. Agreed. So on, on the last couple couple shows, you know, uh, the people I was, I was speaking with, I said, for for most people that that are stuck in stuck doing something that they may not necessarily want to do, what they want to do, it's already embedded in their subconscious mind because it's something that they thought about years ago. Because same thing with me, I wanted to be an actor, I wanted to be like a famous speaker, I wanted to be on TV and doing all these things, and then I ended up managing restaurants for twenty years. <laughs> and so, and but but now you know, so now podcasting is a thing. So this is scratching several of those needs because I'm out in front of people, I'm talking to people, I'm motivating people, you know, and, and I have an audience. So, and that's just something that I knew that's what I wanted to do. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's exactly what I wanted to do. Oh, my sister left us a comment here. What do we got? Yes. Do what you love is what we preach to uh, all our children. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and I do, I think it is, um, I think it's so important. Again, that, it's okay that that wasn't how my, you know, my parents did things. You know, they're they're great parents, but that, you know, they grew up with a different mindset. In that, yes. you know, it's it's these jobs that will move you forward. And you know, I don't I don't see it that way anymore. I mean, I, our world is so different, and you know, we have to we have to, and we do we do realize it takes a long time. At least for me, it took a long time to realize, hey, wait, I can do these things. These are the things that I really love. So sharing my stories, you know. And the podcasting piece is fantastic because you do reach people all over the world with your messages and you change people's lives on a daily basis. And that's such a powerful, such a powerful piece for me. Yes. And, you know, along with that is like most people already do it, but they do it in a negative light. Mm -hmm. So they'll say, oh, this happened to me and kind of like a woe is me type of way. So it's like they're sharing their stories, but not realizing if you just flip it around a little, and I'll use my sister because she's she's listening now, is she had a brain aneurysm burst in 2016, and for for the first few years, and and even still some somewhat now, she she was angry about it, and and I've just been trying to trying to tell her I'm like you know if you if you just share your story like there's a lot of power in what you went through you know there's a 20 percent survival rate. And she survived there. She's got four kids who are all four of them are just blossoming majorly. She has her her husband who has been a rock this entire time. Like a lot of men may not have stepped up the way he stepped up. So just trying to let her see it. Like you got power in that story. I said, you should be, she's a special education uh, director up in the Massachusetts area. I was like, you should be going to all of these schools 
and just preaching about seizing the moment because you never know when life's going to change for you. It's like, and she, she's living proof of that, that her life changed, but it didn't end, you know? So now I'm trying to help her step into that power and then use it to inspire other people. And it totally will inspire other people when, when you share your story and going back to everybody has a story, right? And, and realizing that your story impacts people every time you share it. So I'm that I'm that kind of person that, you know, sits down on the airplane when I was flying, hopefully flying again soon, or sitting down in the airport bar, I'd strike up a conversation every time. Because first of all, you learn something from everyone you meet. um, But also getting them to tell you their story, it really empowers them like they realize, wait, Oh, you know, I didn't I didn't realize that I even had a story. And then they start talking, you're like, wow, that is amazing. And, you know, that's such a powerful thing for me. And of course, my kids think it's hilarious that wherever we go, where, you know, I'll sit down and be like, hey, how's it going? And they're like, oh, here she goes again. But that's (laughs) that's what I do. And I think I think it's important. So, yeah, I I agree. And you said, sorry, another comment popped up. This is a woman I went to high school with. This is such an important message. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, And that's why we do this, because people don't understand the power that they have. Like, I know I keep saying it, but the the point is, it's power. So two shows ago, I had a woman on. She was battling systemic lupus. And I never even heard of it, you know, before for that show. But she said she got a she got a segment on TV where she shared her story. And then someone had tracked her down and and, uh, they reached out to her. This woman was dealing with the same illness. She was on the brink of suicide. And wow. she saw that episode and saw that there are ways to ease the pain. And that stopped her from taking her life. So, like, like that's the true power and story that you literally can save someone's life. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, what what better thing can we do for the world than inspire the people around us? Realize that we can inspire the people around us. That's the biggest thing, believing in ourselves enough to understand that the little things we do every day truly impact the people. What, whether it's the customer service phone call where, you know, everybody has been yelling at the person, you know, and it's not the person's fault. It's their job, right? They're they're answering the calls. And so when I call, the first thing I always say is, hi, how's your day going? And sometimes I get the, oh, it's okay. Or sometimes I get the full, you know, drop of everything that happened during the day. And I'm happy to listen. You know, I'm not going to start that conversation if I have like two minutes, but, you know, Mm -hmm. I really go into it in a positive mindset because it's, it might be the only positive conversation they have the entire day. So if I can make a difference, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. And people, people just have to feel that you actually care. Mm-hmm. You know, because like when most people say, hey, how are you? Like, they really don't want you to answer. <laughs> I, I want the answer. I always yeah. want the answer. <laughs> exactly. It's like, I'm the same. If I come in, like, how are you doing? Like, especially with, with my fitness clients, a lot of them have been with me for years. So like, I know the mannerisms and I can read them. Like with one of the guys the other day, I was like, hey, it's like, what's going on with you? And he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, I've, I have enough of a sample size to know something's, something's bothering you. I'm like, so you need to talk. I'm here for you. You know, so just even recognizing when someone may be down, even when they're trying to hide it, it just goes a long way to let them know that, you know, here's someone who actually cares about me. Yeah. I mean, being being that person that that will be there to listen no matter what it is, you know, I think I think it's so it does it makes a difference for so many people. And 
again, all of the, all of these little things, you know, whether it's, you know, when I'm, I was driving the other day and I, uh, almost, you know, I pulled when I stopped at the red light, I pulled up, I was too far into the crosswalk and then there's a guy on the bike and I was like, okay, I'm going to back up because guess what? Otherwise he's got to get off his bike. He's got to unclip his, you know, pedals and, you know, poor guy, this is ridiculous. Like I'm, I'm at, you know, I'm at fault here. So like I back up and he's like, thank you so much, you know, like really? Um, but again, you know, these are, these are things that are important, you know, saying hi, you know, to your neighbors, getting on the elevator and not looking straight ahead. <laughs> that's, that, that to me is like, um, you know, that to me is one of the funniest things that uh, we do as humans in, in that when we get into a small space, it's you can't make eye contact. You, you know, you're you're not. Th these are the social rules. And so I don't really follow those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's even more challenging now with the pandemic. Yeah. Like people are like paranoid of each other now. Mm. You know, it's like I'm walking, walking on a trail yesterday. It's like I didn't have a mask on. So I was by myself, you know, and so and even still we're outside. There's plenty of space. And so, you know, this guy rounds, <laughs> rounds the corner. And like I said, there's plenty of space in between us. There's just the two of us out there. Right. So, like, I, like, I had it on me, but, uh, you know, like, I didn't, you know, take it out, put, put it on. But this guy's like, you would have think he saw a ghost. He's like, <laughs> you know, the <laughs> I was like, dude, it's, <laughs> like, I don't think it, it transfers like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, we're just walking by each other. Just a quick hi. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, it is. It's, and it, I mean, it's such a tough you know, point in time right now, because we don't have the social, the human connection that we we did. And, you know, Zoom is our connector, right? Like these yes. video chats are, are what really keep us together. And that's really hard. I mean, I live in Florida. So it's a little different down here in that we didn't really shut down for very long. And, yeah. you know, there's, I mean, we did, our family did, we were definitely, you know, home and we have a daughter that has um, an autoimmune disease. So we were really careful of, about, you know, really going out and, you know, again, we don't want to, we, we don't want to bring anything back, but, you know, and, and that's the hard part is, is that we, you know, these, the human connection is so important for everybody, but especially people who are alone. And when, you know, I have a selection obviously with six kids and yeah. when the, when the, pandemic started, they all came home from school because the school shut down. And so we had, you know, the silver lining for me is that I had all of my kids home, which wouldn't have happened in any other realm, right? So I, yeah. I really got to enjoy time with them. But for people who who are alone, and they don't have these connection points, you know, they're truly alone during the pandemic, you know, they're, they're locked in. And to me, that's just so heartbreaking, because this human connection is really one of the most being able to share our stories. One of the most important things. Yeah, like it's the oldest form of entertainment storytelling. Yeah. You know, remember when we were little, going going to camp, you sit around the campfire, and what's everyone do? They take turns telling stories. Yes, <laughs> you know, so like there's so much, so much power in it. All right, so let's get back to you. Yeah. So, so you wanted to be an, an actress. You know, <laughs> your, par your parents said no. So I call that clip clipping of the wings. You know, so like you know, you had your dreams. Your pa parents clipped it, and so what did you do from from there? Yeah, I mean, I went through I went through life. I we moved actually to Florida when I started ninth grade, and that was I was up in uh, Buffalo, New York before that. Ooh, big difference. Uh, yeah, a little, a little bit. <laughs> I, I think my entire ninth grade year, I just couldn't stop sweating because the temperature difference was so extreme that I was yes. like, "Where are we?" <laughs> but I struggled in high school because 
you know, I was the new kid. I was one of two Jewish kids in my class. And, you know, I, I, I really had a hard time figuring things out. So high school was a three-year stint for me. And I actually went early admission to college because nice. I, yeah, I mean, it worked out great. It worked out great. But at the time it seemed like, you know, really difficult. Yeah. But in college, I, I went my first year to Auburn and then transferred back to the University of Florida and then got a master's in accounting and got my CPA. And then we moved to Texas. And then I said, I don't know what I'm doing here because, you know, my, I mean, obviously I was married to my husband, but yeah. in terms of what I was doing with my career, because it wasn't something that I loved and I was doing it because it was the whole process that started when I wasn't going to be an actress. So therefore I'm good at math. I'll be an accountant. And and that was kind of how I how I started that piece. Okay. And how how long did you do that? Uh, I did that. I was married to my husband. But I did that for about three years, and then. In terms of what I was doing. Good. Yeah. I was, I was, I was putting <laughs> the live stream on my phone. And I just, I yeah. just turned the volume down. Yeah, it's all good. Um, yeah, I did that for about three years, and then I did a lot of different things. You know, after that, I I had our so I had my first child at twenty four. I got married at twenty one. Uh, had had. Jacob at 24 and then did a lot of different things. You know, we ended up moving back to Florida and I stayed at home for a long time, which was great. I think a lot of times that we we look at our ourselves as moms and feel like we have to justify why we're staying home to raise our kids and honestly raising our kids, raising good humans is one of the most important jobs that that we can have. But I struggled with myself because I felt like I wasn't doing enough, that I wasn't enough, that, you know, all of these things that creep into your mind. And it's not anybody else saying it to me. It's me saying it to myself. And then I moved forward and I went back to school to be a teacher. And then I taught for three years and ended up paying my babysitter more than I was making because with six kids, it's not exactly um, a cheap thing to, <laughs> to have childcare. I, I have five, so I'm right there with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. And then, you know, I got through that, that point in time and said, I had, I actually had like one turning, I had like a, a turning point where I was like, you know, I felt bad about, I felt bad about myself. I felt bad about not just what I was doing professionally, but also, or that I wasn't doing anything professionally, but with myself in general that, you know, I, I can't fit into my clothes. Like all of these things that we put these pressures, you know, on ourselves that mm. you're, you're, you're too heavy or too this, you're too that, you know, or I'm just, I'm just a stay at home mom. These were all the things I used to say to myself. I, I, I guarantee there is not a female CEO out there that would want to trade places with you as a stay-at-home mom with six kids. <laughs> not one. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, like, that job is so underrated. It's it's insane. And I know it doesn't it doesn't fit the, the societal norm, but anyone that knows me, I don't worry about the societal norm. Like, there is there is nothing more more impactful than a woman instilling the values of life into their children. Yeah. Nothing. I don't care what heights you reach in this world. There's nothing more important that a woman can do is to be the best mom she can be. 
But that's hard to say to yourself when you're in the moment, right? Like, yeah. so when you see other people doing, you know, and again, this is what we do to ourselves. We we look at the world around us and say, well, why why can't I do that? Or why am I not doing that? Oh, I couldn't do that. And that's not how it works. Like we are, you know, we matter because we are who we are and yeah. the things that we do every day. So, you know, raising my kids, like it wasn't that I... I could say to myself, and a lot of people say, oh, I had to take time off from my career, you know, justifying why they're staying at home. And, you know, it's not a justification. It's like hugely important job. Yes. But but society, you know, whether society puts the pressures on us or we put it on ourselves, we still feel like, you know, it's a struggle because, you know, you, you feel like you should be doing more. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, you know, as it says over here, how to step into your greatness. Mm -hmm. The, the key thing is your greatness. And it's just like self-esteem. The first word there is self, right? It's what you feel about you. And that's one of the biggest things that I help people understand. What you feel about you is what matters the most. And that's what people are going to respect about you. And that's what's going to define your, your character. So when I come on the airwaves, I don't say what people expect me to say. Mm -hmm. I share from my authentic, genuine self. And if it doesn't resonate with you, that's on you. <laughs> it's like, that's not on me. That's not on me. That's on you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and it, it is so true. So, you know, taking a step back, it's really, it is, it's believing in ourselves and realizing what we are capable of, not what someone else wants us to do, not what anybody Sorry. else. Sorry, my mom is on. Hi, mom. Hi. <laughs> All right, carry on. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, not what someone else wants us to do, not what someone else expects of us. And it took me a long time to get that, to that point, but I did yeah. get to that point. And I and I did realize like this, this is where I'm supposed to be. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. And, you know, if people don't agree with what I'm doing, I, yeah, okay, fine. Like that's their choice. It's not, it's not, it's not about me, right? Like I, I'm, I'm doing what I want, because this is who I am. And yes. again, it took me a long time to realize that, but but I did realize it. And I'm really excited about that. <laughs> Sorry, my, my sister's feeling slighted. Hi, Ramona. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Ramona. <laughs> my family is very needy today. <laughs> you know what? That's a great thing, right? The fact that they're on here and like, yes. that's amazing. So here, yes. let, let them be needy. Let them be needy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, so back, back on the topic. So I'm thinking where in my experience where a lot of people go wrong is they feel things. But, but they fear the judgment mm. in what they feel. And that's why they're holding back. And I was there at one, one point too. Because you know, like there are, there are some, some things I've done in my life that I'm not so proud of. But then I realized once, once I just own it and just share, then other people start sharing things they're not so proud of. <laughs> and so, and then, the, then once you share it, it's like the weight lifts. It's like, that's right. Yes, you know what? I did this thing and I can move past it now. It's like, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not that person anymore. I'm not doing those things anymore. So I can just freely talk about it. But so many times people are burying it inside and then they're living with that guilt. But if you just say it, in grand scheme of things, nobody cares. Right. <laughs> it, it's so true. It's, you know, we, we take, we, we need to take ownership for stuff. Like I, and I, and that's why I think it's important to talk about the, the, you know, okay, we will 
the things that I'm working on, right? Like not, I won't say <laughs> mistakes or failures anymore. <laughs> but looking back, I actually, you know, my parents have an amazing story of how they grew up and they were both physicians. And, you know, my mom went to medical school and graduated in 1965. And there were five women in her medical school class. She grew up on a rural farm in Pennsylvania. Her mom had a sixth grade education. Her dad worked in the coal mines in a brewery, but she knew she wanted to be educated. Yeah. And she worked her butt off. She worked really hard. She worked for another family, saved her money, went to the University of Pittsburgh. And then while at school, worked three more jobs and saved all her money. And she got into medical school and was one of five women that graduated from medical school. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, really, a really powerful role model, but doesn't mean that she didn't struggle. Like she had these struggles her whole life being what, what they told her. She's a woman in a man's field. Okay. That's, that's what they would say to her. And like, you're, you're, you don't, your voice doesn't really matter. Obviously it mattered a lot, <laughs> but looking at, looking back at, you know, the struggles that she had and seeing my life, like, are my struggles struggles? Because she like, but everybody's struggles are struggles, right? Like, yes. that's the thing. And, and, and it's taking those struggles and saying, move forward. Like, don't let those stop you. Those are the things that should build you up. I, I want it to be the second thing that I, I thought I wanted to be was a physician because of my parents. My sister's also a physician. I'm the black sheep of the family. <laughs> and, but I failed organic chemistry. And so when I tell my, my kids that story, they're like, you failed organic chemistry. I'm like, yeah, I sucked at it. <laughs> I failed it. Okay. That ended my <laughs> medical school career because yeah. I failed organic chemistry. And, and that's okay because every, every moment in time, everything I've gone through has led me to this moment, right? Exactly. All of, all of the things that I've, I've done have led me to this moment. So the good, the bad, the ugly, the sad, it's all, it's all right here. And, and I own all those now. I used to want to try to justify things, but you know, things happen. Yep, exactly. And it, I, I don't really see it as justification or like this reasons, you know, like, mm -hmm. you know, I've, I've made decisions and there were reasons for those, for those decisions. Like, does it justify it? No, it's just a reason. Like I did this, it was wrong, but I did it because of this, <laughs> you know, it's like, so the two wrongs don't make it right, but you know, the reasons do matter. So I used what? to try to justify it after the fact, though. So I had yeah, my yeah. reason, but then I would come back and say, oh, oh I did that because even though gotcha. that wasn't really, you know, like just yeah. trying just trying to put it in my head how to make it right where, OK, it just is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> so one of the most powerful things you said there as you were talking about your parents is that she knew she wanted to be educated. Mm -hmm. So like, so that was the sentence I wrote down out of everything you said is like, she knew she wanted to be educated. And that's the essence of this show is you take the cards that you're dealt and then you decide what you're going to do with that deck. <laughs> it's like yeah. you decide yeah. it, it's on you. So if you're from a background of poverty and you, you can choose to break the cycle or you can choose to stay within the cycle. You know, so, you know, if you're from a family of physicians, you know, like maybe that wasn't speaking onto your soul and you went a different direction. Like you became the black sheep of the family and that's okay. Like my, my dad wanted me to go into computer engineering and look at today. Everything is computerized. It's like, is he wrong? No, mm -hmm. but, but that wasn't what I wanted, right. you know? So it's like, I ended up leaving school and I went a different direction. And what am I doing now? I'm on lives. I've been on TV. 
my my uh, older kids and I were doing an, an online TV show later today. It's like you know, like I was born to be an entertainer and, and a motivator. Like that's what. See how how the face lights up when I talk yeah. about it. It's like this is what I'm meant to be doing, and so you found something that you were meant to do and you stepped into it. So when did you decide that you wanted to go this route? So I was, there's a couple of pieces to it. I was doing a lot of volunteer work and through that volunteer work, I was doing a lot of speaking and I didn't realize that my stories mattered. I didn't realize that my stories inspired other people until I really started sharing them. And then people would say to me, wow, you're so inspiring. And I'm thinking, me? Like, who are they talking to? Me? It took me a while. And then that was that mindset change of, wait, that's the whole point is that we all have the power. We all have this inside of us. We all are unordinary. We're all unique. And we all have extraordinary moments that really define our path forward. And that for me was a turning point. Another turning point was I was I was sitting at this women's luncheon, and this is this is talking really about the mindset piece. And there was this amazing motivational speaker. And I, all I could feel was a little bit bad about myself, thinking that will never be me. Mm. She has this $200 million business. That will never be me. You know, she's inspiring people on stage. That will never be me. But then it then my mind thought that's the whole point. You're you're not supposed to be her. You're supposed to be you. Yes. Think about the things that you're doing every day. Think about, you know, your six kids. Think about all of these different things that you do that really inspire other people. Climbing Kilimanjaro. That's another one. Like, hello, mm -hmm. I'm, you know, I'm uh I am. I'm not just. I am at the time I was a stay-at-home mom of six kids and I climbed Kilimanjaro. So it was really a mindset change for me that kind of said, wait, what you do really matters and you should share it with other people because it does inspire them. And if I can impact that one person, then I've done my job. Absolutely. And people have to realize too that there's an art form to storytelling. So to just go and just dump all of your failures into someone's lap like that that doesn't do it and that's something that i had to learn i went to a speaker boot camp i don't know if you're familiar with eric thomas but i was in his program and i've always been a polished speaker like i started managing restaurants at fit 15 well it was a small diner but hey management's management mm -hmm. so leaving people at, at a young age i was captain of my sports team so i was always up in front of people and so when I went down to this boot camp, I was like, all right, I'm ready for this. And there were 41 of us in there. And so I had my turn to my turn to speak and I was engaging. I was uh, uh, projecting the voice, making the eye contact. Like I checked all the boxes. Then I get a phone call the next morning as I'm driving back, back down from the airport. And he says, you know, you, he's like, you're, you're one of my most frustrating students. I was like, me? <laughs> I was like, I rocked the house. <laughs> I was like, what's he talking about? But he said, because I just went up there and just spoke. He's like, you know, you didn't share. And I was like, okay, I'm listening. You know, and he's like, you, you got you to break it down. It's like, you have to let them feel what you felt. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I got to share this. My sister just put up a comment. I'd rather shoot myself than be a stay-at-home mom. That alone is impressive. Congratulations. Thank you. I think. Thank you. <laughs> uh, that's hysterical. Yeah. 
uh, and to play and making it through that alive. Yes, yes. You know, every every day there's a new challenge. You never know what's going to happen around here. So, yes. you know, that, that's the goal to keep everyone alive each day. So, so, so true. Like, especially when mine were younger, because my two youngest are twins. Oh, wow. And so, so we had twins. We had a two year old. And then the two older kids, you know, they helped us out a lot, you know. And so it's like I'm single now, but they're they're grown. Well, more grown now. They're tw- almost 22. The twins are going to be 12 next week. And they have a 14-year-old and an 18-year-old. So it's much easier now. But when they were smaller, ooh, I, I couldn't imagine having one more in that mix. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, it's like, what's the most dangerous thing in the room? That's what we're going to go for. That was kind of yeah. every day, you know? <laughs> so true. Okay. okay. <laughs> Mom turned around for two seconds. Let me climb on the highest thing and let go really quick and see yes. if she can catch me. You know, that was co- that was constantly like what our lives were. But, you know, we ha- we have a big range. We have our oldest is 24. Our youngest is 13. We actually adopted our youngest three kids. So we have our, our 16 year old and our 13 year old are from Ethiopia and our 14 year old is from is from South Korea. So, awesome. yeah. Um, it's it's amazing and i wouldn't change it for the world and it gives yes. me great material that's one thing i have to say in yes. terms of stories i have you know every day there's a new story it's like a reality show every day in this house so you know it's uh, every yes. story you can think of i i got one so yeah i bet, I bet. i'm sure we have a lot, lot of similar ones too yeah <laughs> that's awesome but yeah so oh my lord sorry that's another comment came in we had 19 <laughs> kids between the three of us. <laughs> like Heather, if I'm not mistaken, Heather has eight kids. <laughs> oh, my Lord. But, hey, that's at least you're guaranteed to never be alone. Yes. Well, <laughs> you, know, you, you, you hope, you hope like one of them will stick, right? You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which one is going to come back and take care of me? Uh, I don't know, maybe. So, yeah, yeah it's like uh, my dad passed in 2019. And like I keep asking my kids, I'm like, so which one of you guys are gonna step up when my turn comes? Because <laughs> you, know, you know, obviously, you know, my mom did the lion's share of of the, the work in his in his care, but uh, but uh, I was just letting them see because you know death's a part of life. You know, not yeah. to take a morbid turn on the conversation, yeah. but but you know, death is a part of life, and just let them realize like at some point, you know, you guys are gonna have to step up like this. Yeah, my dad also passed away in 2019, and. Oh. Very, very much the same. And I think for my kids seeing, you know, I would go over to my parents lived in the same town. My mom still lives here, but I would go over there and, you know, help with whatever I could help with. And, you know, towards the end, I was I actually put a bed in their room and I was sleeping there, you know, until and, you know, until the end. And yeah, it, it was important for me. And I think it was important for them as well to see yes. that, you know, this is, this is what we, sh- this is what we should be doing. Not yeah. saying I'm a perfect person because there's no such thing as perfect, but this yeah. is what I felt. This was what mattered to me. And this was what, what was important for me to do at this time. So. Yeah. And fortunately, you know, probably for you as well is that it happened in 2019 because God knows how it would have went in 2020. Yeah. So so like that, that gives me a lot of peace, peace of mind that he was able to go with, he had three generations around his bed when we ended care. Yeah. So like he was, he was alert enough to where he could hear us, you know, like he had tubes and stuff in him. So so he couldn't talk, but he was able to, to nod his head. So we all got to come around, say our goodbyes, my mom put their their song on on the phone. Uh-huh. She's singing. She's singing to him. 
you know, and then, you know, then we watched him take his last breath. So it's like having, having him have his ending that way, it just makes it to where I can talk about it without breaking down in tears now, you know, yeah. because, because he had a really good ending. Because I know people who had people mm-hmm. pass away in the last year, and it's been absolutely heartbreaking for them and for the person going through going through, you know, their, their end times alone, completely alone. Yeah, absolutely. My, um, my aunt passed away this year, my mom's sister and, or 2020 and, you know, she died alone because it was at like the height of when, you know, people weren't allowed to come to the hospital. Even now it's still, I think a lot of places you can't. And so, you know, it was, it was, do you want to watch it over zoom? No, no. Like this is, this is horrible. And to me, that was one of probably one of the most heartbreaking things. And for my mom, she's like, they sent me a video of her. I was like, don't watch it. Like, you don't want to watch that. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, so true. And even just this last week, my brother's grandson passed away two years old. Oh, no. Two, I'm so sorry. Yeah, I believe he had leukemia. Oh. And then the very next day, my aunt passed. So it's like, and then last year, my cousin passed away as well. And we, we couldn't do anything. For her, yeah. she passed away in Florida when F- Florida was like the apex of the of, yeah. of the, co- the COVID spread. So, you know, like it's it's heartbreaking. But even in that in those tragedies, though, there's power in the stories. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's like there, there's power in those stories that, like, for someone like me, I I never had had to go through. You know, losing a child. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, not a grandpa yet, but you know, but but this power. I mean, I know it's still too new for 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 my brother and and their immediate family, but this power in that story, that if someone's going through something that could be considered tri- trivial, it's like, you know, yeah, this is what I had to go through, yeah, and we got through it. It's like you can get through this, right? Yeah. For sure. I, 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 again, those those conversations, and when it's new and when it's fresh, it's it's very very difficult. You know, even you know when I talk about my dad, you know, he was the first man I ever loved, right? And yeah. he's gonna always be the man that I compare everyone to. And so, but thinking back about his life and his, I mean, he had amazing stories, and I love sharing his stories because I feel like it it keeps him going, right? Like it's, yes. it's and and for my kids to hear their, you know hear about him more than what they knew i think it's so important so i agree yeah and that's that's how you beat death is you know you have to you have to keep you have to keep all the good stuff alive (laughs) you know so like all the teachings and like god i have so many dadisms in 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 the brain (laughs) he would say you know like and people always ask me because like if it's you know, realistically within my, my realm, I don't ever say I can't do anything. Mm-hmm. And, and I attribute the, I, I attribute it back to him because he always had plan A, plan B, plan C, plan D. It, it was never like, all right, this won't work. It's like, how is this going to work? Like that was always his MO. Like, how is this going to work? Like I tell this story all the time. My parents years ago, they got a new fridge and a new dining room table. And so the table was a little bigger than they anticipated. So when you opened up the fridge, it hit the table. So normal people would have returned one of them and got a smaller size. And so I'm, I'm driving, I go to my parents' house and he's got half the house ripped off. And I'm like, what is he doing? <laughs> he switched the door and the window 
<laughs> like he, he reframed that side of the house and so the door was here the window was here he switched the two <laughs> so the door can open without hitting the table <laughs> so he was and, and why not like, why not right yes. I mean, yeah. <laughs> my, my mom's it's, laughing <laughs> yeah it's funny you say the thing about um can't because yeah. in our house can't means won't so we don't yes. use the word can't because it means you won't even try I, i'm a believer that if you really work hard at something, you can really achieve whatever you put your mind to. You have to work really hard, and sometimes there's a, a couple limitations. But I, I, I truly believe that you know it is can't means won't. You just won't even get started on it. So we don't use that around here. And when yeah. they do, we're like, remember, can't means won't. Oh, say it again, mom. I'm like, okay, I will. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's it amazes me how complicated people make that. Mm. out to be like it's really not like i tell people in the fitness world said if you work out if you work hard and you eat well you will attain health it's that yeah. easy like if, if you really want it it's not complicated it's like you're complicating it because you don't really want it <laughs> yeah <laughs> that, and that's what it boils down to <laughs> it's the choices you make every day you know i cannot complain that i'm not in shape right now because i make the choice to drink wine so that's a choice that i make right so like if i stop that you know it's i don't ever say oh my gosh i, I don't understand why i'm not losing weight i say to myself you're making a choice right now that choice is that wine so yes. <laughs> you know you you make your choices and yeah we do overcomplicate things thinking like what's the reason well that's the reason hello Yes. Like if you're like if you're someone who's late all the time, like I have this one woman that comes to the gym, she's late every time. And I keep telling her, like, you are choosing to be late. Mm -hmm. I, I was like, like everybody has the same 24 hours. Like you can set your, your clock 15 minutes sooner. <laughs> Leave your house 15 minutes sooner and you will never be late. Like yeah. it's that easy. Yeah. It's and and that goes for everything. I mean, I think yes. when we talk about the choices that we make every day, we we choose to be happy, we choose to be miserable. We we can decide. Like it depends on what how we look at things and what our mindset is. I mean, there's days obviously that are still struggles, but learn from them and move forward versus just yes. focusing on the negative. Like you know, yes. I say that all the time. And so, you know, my husband, my husband does this thing now where he, he says, I, I pulled a Simone today and I'm like, okay, tell me. And, uh, and, and I, I think it's funny because it's like, okay, okay great. I've, I've impacted somebody, but he, you know, he really, he's like, I can be miserable right now, but I'm going to choose to be happy. And I'm going to choose to move forward with positivity as I talk to people. And so one of his, uh, one of the guys that he works with is like, oh my gosh, you're going to talk about Simone again today. You're really going to like, <laughs> how can you not, how can you be happy right now? He's like, we have like 25 patients to see like, and Rob's like, so, and like, this is, this is what we're going to do. We're taking care of people and what an honor that is. And yes. it, it, it makes everybody laugh, but I, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause uh, you hit the nail on, on the head. Like it's a, it's a choice. I actually dated someone like we would argue because I wouldn't stress when things mm -hmm. arise. Cause like, I'm, I'm a very solution based person. And, and again, you know, I can attribute that back to my parents. Like they were just always, all right, well, how are you gonna fix it? Well, how are you gonna fix it? How? Like we didn't dwell on the problem. Like we focused on the solution. So if something was, what was happening, I would just start working on fixing it. Like I wouldn't dwell on how it happened. And th I think that's, that's the difference. I guess it just depends on the person. If you're someone who dwells on what happened versus how can we get through this? That's when you stay in that state of stress. 
you know, yeah. like you're worried about the origin instead of the solution. And I always, one of my favorite things to say, because people will say to me, oh my gosh, how can you be, not be stressed all of the time? Like, you know, with six kids, this could happen or this could happen or yeah. I always say that I can only stress about the things I can control. That's not very much. So I don't have time to stress because I can't control them, right? Like, yep. you know, so, you know, if is this going to happen? Why am I going to worry about this? Like I, the, to me, it just is wasted time. There's so many good things we can do with our time and stressing about everything just doesn't help. Yep. See, and and so one of my business coaches, so I, I keep glanc glancing off because uh, I'm, I'm in my office and I have our core values on the wall behind my computer screen. And so before each each meeting we, we, we have, we go over the core values. And so it starts with zero and then one. So number one is everything is your fault. Mm. Everything is your fault. So once you embrace that, you tend to stress less and you get pushed into action more. Because I find a lot of the stress is because we're blaming other people. Mm -hmm. Like I'm here because of this one, or I'm here because that happens. Like, no, you're here because you're here. <laughs> so, so it's like, once you, once you put, put the brunt, the brunt of the blame on yourself, then you're going to get moved to action. Cause now you, you want to remove yourself out of it. But if I say I'm doing this because Simone said, blah, blah, blah. Say now I have, a, I have someone to blame. It's you. It's not me. So I don't have to take any action. Yeah. But if I say I'm yeah. here because I put myself here. Now I have to take action. We're, we're here because of the choices we make. It's as simple as that. We, yes. you know, I'm, you reached out and I chose to, I chose to meet you here. Right. So yes. like the, these <laughs> kinds of things, like everything that we do each day, it's, it's a choice and yeah, we have to take ownership for that. And, you know, that's, that's a big part of, of everything that we do is taking ownership for the choices that we make, believing in ourselves so that the choices we make become more and more powerful each day yes. and not blaming anybody else. Exactly. Exactly. So you have a site over here. Oh, did I just delete it? Oh no, there it is. All right. So this is your website. If I go to this website, what am I going to find? You're going to find more information about me. You're going to find what I what I love to talk about in terms of, you know, my family, my stories, you know, what I what I do, my book, my book that I wrote that came out in October. You'll find more information about that. You know, this is this is what I love is connecting with people. So, uh, reach out, find me, reach out cuz I love to find talk. Me. <laughs> find me. I love to talk and I'm the only one out there with the name Simone Canego, so I'm easy to find. You just have to spell it right. <laughs> Unlike me, Robert Foster, there's like 200,000 of us. <laughs> yeah, well, benefits of a name like Simone Canego. When I was little, nobody could get the name Simone right. And as I'm older, nobody can get Canego right. So it's okay. But it makes me unique and unordinary. So, yeah. Yeah, Simone is actually one of my sister's middle name. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love it now. I mean, when I was a kid, it was, it was a struggle. Nobody, everybody called me Simon. Um, <laughs> and that's okay too. But now it's, it's much more popular. So people, people don't, people say Simone, no problem. It's the last name that they struggle with. And I thought about, I said to my husband, why don't we just add an extra letter to our last name? It would make it easier for other people. <laughs> <laughs> and, and what letter would you add? Um, I would either add an I or an A in between the K and the N. So it's Canago. So, oh, okay. Gotcha, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just to make it easier for other people, you know, that's yeah. what I'm all about. Yeah. So what, what's the name of your book? My book is called the extraordinary unordinary you, 
And it really is about realizing what you're capable of and recognizing that the things you do every day inspire the people around you and that that you matter. And the underlying theme, and this is what I truly believe, is that we don't need to change who we are. We need to change the way we see ourselves because we all have it within us to do amazing things. Absolutely. So I, I want to get back in, into more details in a second, but I just want to share something based on what you just said about you know how the things you do inspire other people. So there's, there's a woman that I'm currently working with, Michelle Cunningham, and she's got a great backstory. She was actually, I, I met her on my show and then, you know, so we're, we're, we're collaborating outside of here mm. and um, you know, our messages are in alignment. And so I had just posted something on, sorry, my sister put up a comment. Yeah. Thank so I you. posted something on Instagram about her and you know, her just being, you know, coming in, into my life at the right time. And, you know, and so then someone that I trained years ago, like I'm saying, I probably, probably stopped with her in 2015, I want to say. So six years ago, commented under it was like, you know, that that's how I felt when I when I met you in your gym. And I was like, oh, <laughs> it's like after all this time, you know, it's like they they still they still get that feeling. So the effect that we can have on people, we always think about the negative effects, but the positive effects are just as strong. They're they're huge. You know, I, I, I hope that I don't negatively affect people. You know, I really, my goal is to, to come forward with kindness and positivity and, but the positive that we can do every day, and it is the little things to me, again, I'm not the celebrity on stage, you know, I didn't become the actress. So, you know, but, but my messages and, and sharing them with people one person at a time, that to me makes a huge impact and just understanding that we never know what anybody else is going through. Yeah. So move forward with kindness, be, be understanding. And I have a, I have a, a great story that I, I love to tell about. We were waiting in the Starbucks drive-through and my, I was with my youngest daughter and I left like an appropriate amount of space in case anybody needed to pull around me in case they were backing up. Cause it was in a big parking lot. And of course the first thing that happens is someone cuts me off and goes right in front of me into this into the drive-through line and I start getting frustrated and of course you know I'm like are you kidding me like seriously here I'm trying to do the right thing and my daughter's like mom I think I think you might need to reread your book <laughs> that was that was the first thing she said to me and I'm like you're so right like why am I getting frustrated about this right and then so we we and I'm calm down. Not that I was that upset, but still like, I'm like, you're right. Like, this is ridiculous. I have nowhere to be like, I'm, I'm here because you wanted something from Starbucks. And mm -hmm. of course we get up to the window and the woman in front of us paid for our drinks, realizing that she had, you know, cut us off. And it's like one of those moments where you're like, you never know. And my daughter was saying, well, maybe she has to be at work. Like maybe she has to get there quick. You know, who knows what she's going through right now? And I'm like, Oh, my storytelling is working on you. Um, <laughs> and so then after she paid for our drinks, then my daughter's like, can we, can we pay for the people behind us? And I was like, absolutely, absolutely. So I love it. Yeah, I love it. That's awesome. Yeah. So you know, sometimes we're so quick to to, to rush to judge. Mm -hmm. And so I was on I was on a panel a couple of Sundays ago. We were debating the topic of race, and I had brought up I was up in New Hampshire. No, sorry, I was up in Vermont in September. And so I'm in this convenience store. You know, predominantly white area. And so I'm in this convenience store and I see this young kid 
he's staring at me. And and I'm not one to rush rush to, to rush to judge. Like I'm not one that's you know I'll play the race card in two two seconds. Like that's that's not my style. And so, but I just know that this kid keeps looking at me. And now I don't carry like I don't use a cart or anything. Like once I'm done, if I can't carry it, I'm done. You know, but put put, put it that way as much as I can carry. And so finally, he walks over to me and he's like, "Sir, would you like me to get you a basket?" You know, so it's like he was look, looking at me just seeing that I might need assistance, you know, but like if I was quick to rush to judge, I'm like, he's just look, looking at me because I look different. Yeah. You know, and I just think just so many times like we're just so quick to, ru- to, to rush to judge what someone else is thinking. Yeah. You know? and we like, have no idea what they're thinking. You know, exactly. I, that that happened to us at dinner one time. We we like to take the kids out at the end of the school year for like their end of the year dinner. And so we were um, out with all of the kids and this other this older couple just kept staring at us. And the kids are like, why are they staring at us? Why are they staring at us? I was like, who cares? Like, we're having a great time. Don't worry yeah. about it. Like, you know, and you know, in the back of my mind, I'm like, yeah. I, Yes, they are staring at us. It's it's kind of weird, but you know, whatever. <laughs> and after they finished dinner, they came up to the table and they said, "You guys have the most beautiful family." And it was they were like it was so fun to watch your interactions. And that's what they were thinking. They weren't thinking like, "Ooh," they were thinking, "Wow." So, again, yep. realizing those kinds of things that you can't you can't, you have no idea what anybody else is thinking. So stop worrying about it. <laughs> so, so true. Yeah, cuz uh, you know, similarly, I was walking and I saw two women, two women holding hands. And I glanced over and, and my thought was, they look really cute together. And then one of the girls saw me looking and kind of like flashed me a face. I was like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, I was they, like, legitimately, they just look so cute together, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but just, just, you know, we're so, we're so pre-programmed to look for danger. You know, mm-hmm. for danger or something that's uncomfortable, you know, and but it's like my my thought wasn't even anywhere near what that look thought it was. Yeah. And we're also I think we're also, you know, programmed to assume, yes. you know, the worst. Right. So I was um, when Millie was first home. So she came home at two and a half years old and we were in the grocery store and I had her in the cart and she's my daughter from Ethiopia. Yeah. And I'm in front of the bakery and a woman comes up to me and she's like, can I ask you a question? And yeah, sure. You can ask me a question. She was looking at me for a while and she's like, can I ask you a question? (laughs) And I was like, oh, here it goes. And her question was, how much did you pay for her? And of course, instantly, like, you know, my stomach was churning. Mm -hmm. But instead of like doing what I internally wanted to do was be like, (laughs) you know, say something really mean, um, my response was, well, I'm going to ask you, why Why do you ask? And first of all, you don't pay for children. Yeah. And so like I put it back on her, which I think is always so important when someone says something that catches you off guard. Yeah. And she said, well, oh, I didn't, I didn't mean to be offensive at all. My daughter's been trying to ha- have children for years now. She hasn't been able to. And, you know, I know they're looking at adoption, I wanted to see if I can help her with the cost. I don't know if I have enough money to do it, but I'd really mm-hmm. love to be able to help them. So she was coming from this amazing place. The yes. words she used weren't exactly, you know, the way <laughs> the way you would want a question asked. And so, you know, we talked for a really long time. And but again, I could have just been like instantly and yeah. <laughs> and then ended that conversation. And she probably would have never asked another question of anybody ever again. <laughs> True. So I think. 
again, as a mom of six children of a, in a multiracial family that we, you know, my job is a teacher, like I'm, I'm there to, to, it's okay to, it's okay to make mistakes, ask the questions. It's okay to make mistakes as long as you're asking because your heart is, your intentions are true. Um, yes. Please, please ask. See, and that, that story right there has a whole lot of power in it, a whole lot, because like I speak, I speak on, on this panel every, every Sunday and it, it typically has to do with, you know, whether it's like politics or, but a lot of it circles around, around race. And I'm typically on the do what you got to do to succeed in life side, you know, just regardless of what, I mean, the, the show's called shut up and grind, <laughs> you know, so, so it's like, that's, that's always my, my thought process. But I always ask when people bring up things of things that may be racist, I was like, is it racism or is it curiosity? You know, because if someone comes up and says, hey, you know, how do you get your curls to stay like that? Like they might just be gen genuinely curious, you know, because like if you don't know, then you have to ask. <laughs> and if you ask, that doesn't mean that you're coming from a place of malice. Like you're just asking. Yeah, it's it's hard, though. Again, I'm I'm a I'm a white mom of, you know, black children. Right. So I, I can't I can't I can never say that I could understand what a black mother goes through. Right. So, yeah. you know, I can't make those determinations on on any front. But what I can do yeah. is when someone asks me a question, you know, I can I can ask them why they're asking. And then when I feel comfortable with it, you know, really answer yes. it in a way that I think that will help them move forward. Yes. See, and, and just if more people thought like that, there, there would be a lot less conflict, you know, just because ju instead of just assuming the intention, mm. it's fun because I do the same thing. Like, why do you ask? Yeah. You know, it's, it's like, you know, what, like, what are you trying to get out of me? Because <laughs> yeah. because again, you know, sometimes it, it can be pretty, pretty awkward. Because if, if you just think about all the stereotypes that are out there for everyone, people, you see a blonde woman, people assume that, they're ditzy, <laughs> you know, people assume bl black people like fried chicken and watermelon. It's true. It's true. But just still, you know, it's hello. Out there. White people <laughs> like, like fried chicken and watermelon. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's, that's my point. Like, but somewhere in society, it, it's been labeled as a negative, you know, mm -hmm. to, say, to say, you know, Asians make great rice. They do, <laughs> you know, like that, that's not a bad thing, you know, or like uh, Hispanics with rice and beans, <laughs> you know, like there were just things that certain groups excel at, it, you know, to, to mention, like to say Italians eat pasta. Is, is that racist? <laughs> no, no, <laughs> it's a fact. <laughs> so just, but just too many times, you know, like we're just taking these things, and instead of just seeing the beauty of each of each um, demographic, you know, we try to find things to be mad at. Like, and why? Like, I don't yeah. understand. Goes back to the choices. We can choose to be happy, or we can choose yes. to be miserable. So, you know, mm -hmm. I'm I'm choosing to come from a place that people are coming forward with curiosity again. I am a white woman, so I can look at it differently than, you know, than a black woman, like completely. And I, I can, I can never understand what anybody else goes through. I can never walk a day in their shoes. That's just impossible. I mean, yeah. we're never going to be in the same place, the same time as anybody else, the same struggles. But what I can do is share whatever things that I have learned, um, things that I think are important to move forward again with positivity, because, yes. you know, that's, that's the goal. Like, do, do we want to be happy or do we want to be miserable? I think we want to be happy, right? So let's yep. let's move forward in that way. 
Yeah, and that's global too. That's global. Like no, no matter where you are on this planet, people want happiness. You know, that's, yeah. that's what they want. Yeah, I mean, and, and I can't, I can't imagine not wanting that, right? Like, yeah. I can't making, I can't imagine waking up and saying, "I'm choosing to be miserable today." Like, that's my day. I'm going to be miserable, and I'm going to meet, be mean to everyone around me. Like, I, I don't think that is how people do things. But I think they don't. Sometimes they can't take that step back and say, wait, I do have a choice in how I react to things. I do have a choice in how I move forward in my day. I think we forget that sometimes. It's true. Who Who is your target market? Women. You know, honestly, it's funny because I, I started saying women, um, yep. moms, stay-at-home moms, moms re-entering the workforce, all of these different things. But the more men I talk to, the more men say to me, wow, those stories are really impactful. Wow, I got a lot from your book. I really, like it really impacted me. I I share my stories now. I love talking to people. I, I reach out. And so, yes, target market would definitely be, I mean, I'm a woman, you know, and I, I love talking <laughs> about like the you know, the things that I've gone through as a woman. But I think, again, as a human, our stories can impact everybody. Yes. Yeah, agreed. No, I mean, my, my target market is uh, women also. Mm. You know, and like pe- people always always ask me, like, you know, why don't you do do a group for, for men? It's, it's, it's like, you know, I don't not work with men. <laughs> it's like, just I, I just find with women, women are just deeper. You women know, are just amazing. Deeper than, than, than men are. <laughs> Well, of course, but we're simple. Like men are just, we're just simple. I mean, there's like five or six of us that are complex. The rest of us are simple. And so, but just with women, like just the way women see the world, like they, they, they just come at things from completely different angles. And then as I'm helping them craft their stories, it's like, there's just so much power in there that they don't even realize. Mm-hmm. And so like with us men, like we know what we're good at. You know, the majority of men is like, we know, like, you don't have to tell us what we're good at. Like, we'll tell you what we're good at. But, but a lot of women, you know, like women are just, they're just naturally more humble than men are. And so uh, helping them realize that power. And then once they realize it, just watching them glow, like it's an amazing feeling. And yeah. that, that's why I, why I target yeah. that, that demographic. I mean, my job as a woman is to elevate other women, you know, to raise, you know, to raise amazing women, right? To yeah. and and to elevate other women to help them realize what they too are capable of. I I went through my life saying I'm just an ordinary girl. I'm not just anything. These are all pieces that make, you know, make up who I am, but yeah. I am an ordinary girl, right? But I'm also completely unordinary. I'm unique and I have extraordinary moments. And so if I can move forward with other people and help them look at themselves and say, you're not just anything, you are you and you are amazing. You know, that, that to me is so important. Absolutely. And, and again, step into your greatness. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Cause like too many, too many times, you know, going back to the whole clipping of the wings thing is like, we have things that we may want to do. And then somewhere along the way, whether it's parents, whether it's friends, whether it's teachers, guidance counselors, you know, it could be a spouse, just someone is going to clip those wings. And then you just end up doing something that you might be okay with. Maybe you're making an okay living and, you know, but you're not fulfilled, you know? Yeah. So, so like, those are the people that I'm taught that I'm targeting. So I like those moms who are, they're doing okay, but, but they want more and they just don't know how to go about getting that more. Yeah. And 
one of the things that I say to my kids all the time, and I say to other people as well, is the worst that someone can say is no. You have to ask the question. You have to put yourself forward because otherwise you'll never know. Like things that you want to do in your life. So what? They say no. Then you move forward to something else or you you work harder at this and then you you go back again with the same question. But if you don't ask, you'll you'll never know and you'll you'll constantly feel like you're not capable of doing anything because you're not willing to put yourself forward and ask the question. Yes. Perfect. And along those lines as well, and you know, we got to break it down world over time. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> oh, we're having a good conversation. Yeah, we're having a great conversation. Uh, but yeah, so along the same lines is I think people hold back and telling their stories, as I mentioned a while ago, is out of the fear of judgment. Mm. And so, I mean, it, I started this podcast a year after I bought all the equipment for it, <laughs> you know, pretty much, pretty much for the same reasons. Like, ah, do I want to deal with haters? Do I want to deal with the Facebook trolls and everything else? And then I was like, you know what? It's not about them. And like, cause I can ignore them. <laughs> so I was like, yeah. I want to I lean into the ones that want to follow this content, you know, that want to work on themselves, that want to become better storytellers. Like, like I'm doing this for them. Like if people come on with nonsense, I can just delete the nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I don't even have to entertain it. Well, someone told me that when, you know, you really know that you've made it when, when you have haters, because yeah. <laughs> it means people are paying attention. So yeah, look at the true. positive on that side, you know, <laughs> but yeah. yeah, I think that it is, um, it's so important to, to start, to move forward, to, to take that chance because, and most people want to say yes with whatever you're doing. You ask the question. Most people want to help. They really do. Most yeah. people have good intentions. They just don't know how to move forward. Yes, I agree. All right. So on your web website, is that, that the best way for people to reach you? Yeah. I mean, again, you can search me. If you just go into Google and search me, you'll find me on a bunch of different places. But my website has all of my social media stuff linked in. Um, and you can, you, know, you can find more information about my book there as well. And if you... If you have a question for me, reach out. That's what I'm here for. I, I love to talk to people. Obviously, you can tell I talk the whole time. I love to. I love to talk. So reach out, and I'm I'm happy to have a conversation. All right. What's the number one thing you help people with? I really think it's the, the mindset piece of that. You know, going back to that, we don't need to change who we are because I think so many times we try to go through these these you know let me do this 10 step process so I can be a different person. Now, we don't need to change who we are. We need to change the way we see ourselves. And that doesn't mean being complacent. What what it means is that once we realize, once we believe in ourselves and realize what we're capable of, that the world opens up to us. We're willing to do more things. We're willing to impact more people and we realize what we are capable of. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. And like, I swear, I swear you stalked me because we, we speak the exact same <laughs> yeah. language. Yeah. Go read my book. You'll know that. It, you'll, you'll know that it was out there before you even reached out to me. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, that's that's awesome. It's awesome. So thank you very much for joining and sharing. This is a great conversation. And um, like I said, so for those listening, Simone Canego, K-N-E-G-O dot com. I have it down in the comment section as well. You know, reach out to her, have a conversation, and uh, if she resonates with you, you know, do what you got to do to move yeah. forward. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna break this down. Um, don't sign off yet, okay? All right, so I'll bring you back in a moment. Boom. All right, so that was Simone. So if you're just now tuning in, you're gonna want to go back and listen to this all over again. 
Um, not all over again, but you know what I mean. So listen to it from the beginning because we had a really, really great conversation. Uh, we both dropped a whole lot of whole lot of nuggets there because, again, this is all about you. It's all about you stepping into your power. And as Simone said, you don't have to be a different you. You just have to step into who you actually are, right? Could become the best version of you. So maybe you'll have to learn some new things. That's okay. But the core, the essence of who you are is all already there. You just have to step into it. So when I was managing restaurants for all those years, I was successful at it. I climbed the ladder. I got awards, but it wasn't me. Like doing that role wasn't allowing me to truly become who I am. And I can sit here before you now wearing a tank top, right? I don't, I don't have a button down shirt on. I don't have a tie on. Why? Because that's not me. This is who I am. I'm an athlete. I'm a gym owner. And, you know, I do, I live my life by the shut up and grind mantra. So that's what I'm going to put out to all of you. And so in the guests that I bring on, I want you to hear life from their perspective. Because at the end of the day, we all have the same destination in mind. And we just have different ways of getting there which is fine because as this gets more and more global, there's going to be people who resonate with my message. There's going to be people who resonate with Simone. There's going to be people who resonate with uh, Friday's guests and Wednesday's guests. So my goal here is to just put as many experts in front of you as possible. And then you guys find the one that speaks to your soul and reach out to them so you can become the best version of you. That's all I got for you. Signing off on this Sunday. Take the banner off. There we go. And cue the outro. Have a great day. You've been listening to Shut Up and Grind. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. Robert has over 20 years experience pouring his knowledge and expertise at many events in the service and fitness industry, as well as secondary schools and universities. He has a true passion for helping others break through the barriers that are holding them back. To book Robert B. Foster to speak or to reach out, go to robertbfoster.com slash speaks on Instagram at robert underscore B underscore Foster on Twitter at RBF underscore fitness and on Facebook at Robert B. Foster. Till next time, shut up and grind.